this morning, it, it, as you've heard, it's our mission celebration weekend. And this morning, I just want to kind of take a step back a little bit to look at the, the big picture as it pertains to missions. We talk all the time here at Timberline Church about all of these different ways to be engaged in missions. And when you walk out in the mall, again, I encourage you to do that out of the main auditorium. This morning, there's tables all over with, with, with missions leaders there who can, can talk to you about so many different ways to engage in what God is doing in missions. In fact, there's, there's also at the Haiti table, you can sponsor a child. That's one that we haven't mentioned. We'd encourage you to do that in trips and all these other things. So we talk about all these activities of missions. And there's ways to get involved, and, 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 and I love that. I love our team that leads that. But I want to just kind of step back and try to kind of put a frame around it, if we could. Um, how does this all fit together? How, how is it related? Is it a part of, of, of a larger scheme or a larger plan? I, as a missions pastor, I get questions a lot like, uh, why is it important for me to volunteer or to serve? Why, why, why is that important? What, how, how does that kind of fit in this big picture? Does God really need me? I mean, he's, he's almighty. He's all powerful. He, he, he created us all. He created this universe. Why does he need me to participate in, in this mission? Where do I start? Maybe, maybe I want to, but I, there's so much going on. Where, where do I begin? What's, what's the starting point? How do I know that my service or contribution is having an impact or making a difference? Sometimes, you know, we're, when you talk about sponsoring a child, we're sponsoring a child we may never see. Um, how, how, how do we know? We talk about a lot of different ways that we don't necessarily see the outcome. How, 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 again, is this part of a bigger plan? What does God want to do through our church? You talk about this strategy of Timberline Missions. What, 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 how does that strategy fit in a, in a global picture? Or how does my part of that strategy, even more so, fit in a, in, in a, in a global picture? And I love passage in Hebrews chapter 3 verse 1 that says, brothers and sisters, you are holy partners in a heavenly calling. So look carefully at Jesus, the apostle and chief priest about whom we make our declaration of faith. It, it, it says that we're holy partners in a heavenly calling. That says to me that this isn't just this just is, isn't just a human appeal, or this isn't just a church that does a lot of mission stuff, but this is a heavenly calling. This is, this is God's plan. God has a plan. This, this is a part of a plan. God truly has a plan that, that, that all of these activities are connected to. And it's the same plan that he's had since the beginning of time. It's not new it's something that from the very beginning, when, it, when even going back to Genesis and Adam and Eve walking in the garden, there was, there was this picture of this plan for God to be with his people. And it says that, that God would come to Adam and Eve in the cool of the day to be with them and, 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 to, and to, to join with them. So he created us, but, but his plan has always been to be reconnected and to be with his people. 
plan was renewed because what happened as we begin to see history unfold is that, that God's people beginning with Adam and Eve would, would fall away from God and they would sin and they would separate themselves from God. But God would all, God as a part of this plan, he would always, he always desired and, and there was this plan taking place to be with his people again and to reconnect with people. So, so in the promise to Abraham and then in the reconciliation of the children of Israel and, and throughout the rest of the Old Testament and then in the New Testament and and with the, the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, it all has to do with this plan of God being reconciled and being with and being one with his people, us who he created in his image. And this plan is still active today. You see, he wants us all to come to him, that the lost would be found. He desires that all of those who are, are, are on this wrong path would, would find their way uh, a wrong path of destruction and death would believe in Jesus and then find their way onto this path that he has for us as part of his plan. He plans for us a life abundant and a life eternal, a greater life than we could ever imagine. So he has this plan and it's evident all through scripture and through history that are these pieces of missions that, that, that we're a part of or part of God's plan. He clearly has a plan. And it's not just that he has a plan. The plan is working. It, it, it's a working plan. And, and I'm glad because my plans don't always work. My plans, there, there's, my plans don't always lead to a win. But God has a plan that's working. And Jesus has actually sealed the victory. So, so God's plan is something with a guaranteed victory. And so it's a, a plan that where the end result is already determined, and it's a win. John 16, chapter 33 says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. So, so we experience trouble, and we know that within this plan that God has for us and for the world, we will have trouble and we'll experience things. But the, the, the victory has been sealed, and we can have peace in that, that God has already overcome the world. The reality is that we live in today in, in this world that God controls and has a plan to restore all of creation to him. That is his plan. We're part of it. He desires for us to be close to him. And, 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 and that is his plan and is fulfilled through Jesus Christ. Well, if you're like me, you look around this world and, and the evil and suffering that we see in the world makes it hard for, it takes me off course sometimes in this realization that God really has a plan. Because if you're like me, when you look around, if you watch the news, if you see what's happening in the world, if you see what's happening in our society, we see manifestations of evil and, and people suffering that make me go, how could that be part of our God's plan. How could, how could, how is that? And, and, and sometimes we, we, we think this, this plan must be broken, but if we, but, but, but if we look at all of history, we realize that that is a part of what has always been God's plan. And the reality is this, our hope is not in our circumstances, because just our own lives, we don't have to look around the world sometimes. There's times in our lives when we, we feel in such dire circumstances that, that we don't even feel like this could be part of God's plan. Our hope is not in our circumstances. 
Our hope is not in what we realize and what we hear about and what we experience and see in the world and the society around us. Again, manifestations of evil that, that make our skin crawl. Our hope is in him. And it's in his promises. And it's in the history that shows that his promises have come true time after time after time after time. Not just in our own lives, but in the world. The, the, the evil and suffering that we see or that we experience isn't anything new. But God has always lifted his church. He's always risen his church and his people up above circumstances. And he has, the church will always advance. And he will always overcome evil. And so our hope is in that truth. So the first part of mission is really just fully trusting in this plan and that God has everything under control. Well, when I hear that and I think of that, I think, well, if God has a plan that's already working, how do I fit in? Why does he need me? As I already said, he is, he's almighty, he's all powerful. What does this have to do with me? Well, well, in that verse, it says, brothers and sisters, you are holy partners in a heavenly calling. So there's this heavenly calling. We know it's God's plan, but we also know that we're in it. He says that we're holy partners before he even says that it's his plan. And so there is no plan. By God's design, we are central to his plan. He is, God is fulfilling his mission today and asks us, invites us to join in. Well, we say that a lot, but I need to be reminded every once in a while about, about how really significant and really mind-boggling that is. Because when you consider what it took, the price that God paid for just, just you and for just me to be reconciled unto it cost him his son. He created us as a loving God in his image, lavished his love on us, and we were born sinners. And, 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 and sin in our life has separated us in many different ways from him. But he pursues us and he pursues us and he pursues us, even when we don't have a thought of him. And at some point, we surrender our lives to him. And, and, and we accept that invitation to be one again with him and to be reconciled in him. But we, continue, but, but, we, but we come into that having screwed up a lot and having cost God a lot. And then we continue because we're not perfect and God is continuing to make us perfect. Now me, the better plan, if it's me, is to, okay, you're in. Now get over here and don't mess things up anymore. I'm going to go reach the next person. But that's not God's plan. doesn't seem logical to me. But God puts us in the middle of reaching the next person and reaching a world that is lost and in need of him. It's an incredible thing, really, when I think of it. But here's the thing. The thing is that it's not just that we're these, these wonderful people that, that have just what it takes to reach the next person. But God involving us and inviting us to be a part of that plan is how God is continuing to shape us. It's how he renews us. It's part of him calling us back to him, it, making us who he ultimately wants us to be, full of joy, full of peace, full of his grace, full of purpose, full of life, more abundant. Because, because when, 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 we, when we begin at redemption with him, we've only begun with what he wants to do in us. And it's using us in that plan that creates who he really wants us 
to be. We could tell thousands of stories this weekend of how God blesses us through this invitation and how he shapes us and how he makes us who he wants us to be as part of his plan for the world. I love the story that Pastor Derry shared last weekend from Mark chapter 14. It's this woman who had the, who, 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 this extreme and offensive in, to, to many uh, act of worship where she, she, she spilled this expensive uh, perfume as a part of her worship to, to Jesus. And, and it dawns on me that for her, if you really, what we know about her again is that she, she, was, she, she was connected in her heart and her mind to a depth of sin and separation from God that wasn't that hard for her to remember. It wasn't that hard for her to, to recapture that moment and have this, this sold-out uh, feeling and, and appreciation for a Savior who had, had, had saved her from complete, complete darkness and hopelessness. And, and, the, and the challenge for some of these other believers is that they didn't have that experience. And the challenge for us sometimes is that we, maybe we didn't live in that depth of sin. Maybe we haven't experienced that level of being a, an outcast from, from the church or from God's people or, or living in so, so separated from God and so deep in sin. Well, the answer is not, you know, you could think, well, okay, well, how do we fix that so that we can really not react like Judas did, but react more like Mary did and just automatically do anything to worship God. Well, maybe we need to go, you know, live in a greater depth of sin. Well, no, that's not the answer. Don't do that. But I do believe that that has to do with this invitation to be a part of his plan. I, the, I, I have found that in this invitation, God has led me as a part of his plan to be with people who experience a greater depth of hopelessness in their circumstances maybe than I ever have, who, who have felt farther and more separated from the love of Christ maybe than I ever have. And so in being part of that experience and sharing with them in their redemption and being there to celebrate and to praise God when they, when they find the kind of redemption that Mary did that, 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 that was so life-changing that for, that for her, an extreme act of worship was just automatic. What else would I do? I'd pour 10 more of these bottles on, on his feet if I could. God allows us to be a part of Ministry and his, his work with other people and allows us to share in that experience. I was mindful this week in my favorite moment of this week. It's a very busy week. We're getting ready for details of the dinner tonight and this weekend and our missions team's been working all week. But by accident, my favorite part of this week happened. I was running in and out of my office and I, kept, I ran a couple times by the, the, the receptionist desk and there was a woman there who had brought a case of light bulbs and it was a big case. I don't know how many light bulbs, but they were unopened case of light bulbs. And she, she had said that she just wanted to, she had them, that they didn't work in her house, and, 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 and she wanted to donate them somewhere. And she didn't know where. She was kind of not really embarrassed by it, but just kind of sheepishly asking, could you use these? And, and if you could use them through your outreach, that'd be great. Or, or if not, uh, you know, maybe even here at the church if, the, if, if they work for some purpose at the church. And so I shared with her. I said, well, thank you for bringing those in. I said, it's interesting. Tomorrow morning, I'm going to the Sister Mary Alice Murphy Center for Hope. I've got a meeting there. We're starting to partner with them in a more substantial way, and I'm going to bring them. I think that, they, you know, I know that they, they have needs, and this, this might work there. If they don't, we'll find a place for them. And she, 
And, and she, she got emotional. She, she, she broke into tears. And, and she kind of gathered herself a little bit. She said, I, I, I'm sorry. She said, I had no idea that our church was partnering in any way with the Murphy Center. Murphy Center is, is, a, is a place here in, in Fort Collins that serves between five and 800 different people walk through the doors every week who are either homeless or at risk of homelessness. And it's a collaboration of 23 agencies that helps to serve their needs. It's a wonderful, wonderful organization that we partner with here. And, she, and, and once she gathered herself, she said, I, I, it was a little bit less than two years ago, I, my circumstances had, had crumbled such that, that I went to the Murphy Center. And I, and I went, and I, I needed their help. I couldn't do it on my own. And, and, and God used that place to help to heal and to redeem and to change my circumstances. So the point of this is that, that I don't know what the value of those light bulbs was, that there's some monetary value to it. But that's nothing compared to the, the value for this woman of accepting this invitation in a small way to be a part of God's plan that she didn't even know. We couldn't have orchestrated that. She couldn't have. She didn't know what she was walking into. But she was reconnected with God's love and God's redemption for her a couple of years ago through this simple act of obedience. And that's how God works. That's what God, that, that's, this, that's this God shaping us and, and bringing us back to him. And that, 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 that's how God works when we accept this invitation into his plan. Well, well, he doesn't just invite us. It's not just that he has a plan and we're part of it, but we've been given power to fulfill his mission. First John chapter 5, verse 4 says, For everyone born of God overcomes the world. That this is the victory that has overcome the world. And so it's not just that, that God has power and that he blazes a trail in front of us, but he gives us power to be part of his mission. And we see that all throughout. Whenever the mission is talked about in Scripture, in Acts chapter 2, when, when the church is started and God's people are sent out, it ta- the power is manifest there. They're, they're filled with power. The Great Commission, when Jesus is leaving the earth and he's sending his disciples out, he talks about power that will accompany them, not just go before them in God, their creator, but, but will accompany them and fill them up. And so it's not just that the victory's already won, but there's this power. Again, I could, we could tell thousands of stories again here this morning about how that power has accompanied our willingness and obedience to be a part of his plan. But one of my favorite, I was thinking this week, Chris Oakley is here this weekend, and I want you to meet him. He's at a table in the mall. He's one of our, our missionaries in Central Europe. Uh, he's a great man, a great, great family. God's using him in phenomenal ways. I'm not going to tell you his whole story because he's going to share at the dinner tonight a little bit more of his story, but he's been called to Central Europe. Chris is a simple guy. He's a, he would tell you the same thing. He's a, he was a construction contractor uh, in North Carolina, and God laid upon his heart to go and serve as a full-time missionary in Central Europe. He's married. He has five kids. Uh, makes no sense to me. And, and, when, and when you understand it, when, when you understand Central Europe, Central Europe is a hard place. Decade after decade, the Christian church there has diminished to almost nothing. It's a place where there's an incredible level of cynicism towards, the th- towards religion and towards the things of God. But that's where God called him. And more specifically, this is, is a point, is that he, if, if you went there and you saw, and I have, if you would see the, the drug addicts, that, that specifically God called him to work with drug addicts and with gypsies in Slovakia. 
gypsies in Slovakia. Well, I, I don't think there's a manual to, I've never read that manual to prepare to go minister to gypsies in Slovakia. I don't think that's been written. I don't know how you train to do that. But God has filled Chris, this ordinary God, guy, with his power. And I wish you could go and you could hear the testimonies of what God is doing through Chris and his family. That is because of the power of God. It's not because it, the, the Chris was, the, he was he's an ordinary guy. He talks funny. He's from North Carolina. I can hardly understand him. I don't know how it works. But God has filled him with his power and he's given him favor that, that, that you would scratch your head if you would sit and listen to these testimonies and what God is doing. That's what God does. God's power, it, it looks like his favor in so many different cases. So he fills us with power. He gives us power to fulfill his mission. We have, we, but we've also been called to partner with each other to fulfill God's mission. To, with each other, not just on our own. Not, not, he, he doesn't just say, okay, you come over here. You, you, I'm going to send you out. You're going to do all this. But what happens is he, he calls us to partner with people who aren't like us. The John chapter 4 uh, passage is one you may have heard, and it's when Jesus is instructing his disciples, and he talks about how some will reap and some will sow. So the, the point is that there are different, I, I love baptism services, and, and it's great for us because we're, we're in our favorite part. It's a part of our worship, and we're celebrating this part of God's plan for these individual lives, and we're there when, the, I mean, that's it. They, they made the decision, and, and it's a public proclamation, and we get to raise our hands and worship and praise God. It's great to be part, that part of it. It's great when God opens the door for you to maybe be that person who, who sits down and prays with a person who's finally come to that point to say, I, 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 want, I, I, I need to be with God. I need to be reconciled to him. And it's great when you're that person, you're the sower, you're a part of that. But if you listen to their stories, and we know that in each of our stories. It wasn't a solo act, was it? God uses people to work together over time. And each of our stories of redemption involves of a lot of different people. God calls us to collaborate together as a part of this plan. And I believe that God honors our collaboration with others beyond a shadow of a doubt. And I've experienced that even in my time here at Timberline. The more that we link arms with people in this community, to be a part of his work, the more that he honors that. I believe that God is leading us into what, what I believe is one of the most incredible collaborations that I've ever been a part of. And I think God uh, intends gr greater things than I could imagine. I mentioned the Sister, Sister Mary Alice Murphy Center a year ago, a little bit more than a year ago, because leading up to the mission celebration last year, a team, a huge, a big team of missions leaders here at Timberline Church uh, committed to, to pray together and to fast together for 21 days and, and to do that together in, in a very disciplined way. And the prayer, the theme of the prayer was this, God, we want, we want to follow you into empty places in this community. We want to go where you want to, it's not hard to find places to do service projects in our community, but we want to go where there are people that are marginalized in our community such that Churches aren't even necessarily looking at them, or, or even agencies. Are. The, the, I believe that if Jesus moved to Fort Collins, he would be with the most marginalized people in our community, the most invisible, the most forgotten people in our community. And so that was the theme of our prayer. And so we, we prayed that four and a half months ago, 
uh, we, as a result of just being out and continuing to be prayerful and being out in the community and doing whatever we could do, uh, we were asked, Serve 6.8, which is our, our outreach to the community here, and I see a lot of shirts as I look out. I love that. Um, but it's these crazy people in red shirts. No, I'm kidding. Um, doing God's work with no strings attached. That's what Serve 6.8 is. Serve 6.8 was, was asked if they would take over the operation and the expansion and the future of the Murphy Center, the Sister Mary Alice Murphy Center. And so we went through a whole bunch of due diligence and prayer, dropped to our knees again and said, God, this, gosh, this kind of seems like an answer to that prayer, but, but we, we really want to be sure that it is. And, and three weeks ago, we said yes. And so on July 1st, we will, we will take over this collaboration of 23 agencies in this 10,000-square-foot building, reaching the most marginalized people in our community. Praise God. And it is such, God's favor is so humbling and so incredible. And it is, it is such a, a, an amazing feeling to feel like our church, God's people, is being invited into something, the place that I believe that Jesus would be, in a place where we can have an impact that I, I can't even, I cannot even imagine. I'm so excited about what God has for us. It's a collaboration. It's working together. Won't be easy. I can't even get along with 23 people at a time, much less 23 agencies. And so, so but, but that's what God has called us into, and I know, I know that he will honor that. And so pray for us. We'll talk a lot more about that in the, in, in the summer months as, as, we, as, as we really begin to do that and talk about how you can be engaged through, through volunteerism and, and that kind of... God is leading us into something incredible, and I am so excited about it. The last part of this verse I, I want to close with is, it says, brothers and sisters, you are holy partners in a heavenly calling, so look carefully at Jesus. So look carefully at Jesus. The writer of the Hebrews uses the word katanoeo it, 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 at this part of, uh, it's a Greek word, and, and here's what it means. I love the meaning of this word. It, 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 this word, look carefully. It means to fix attention on something in such a way that its, its inner meaning or the lesson it is designed to teach may be learned. It's not a passing glance. It's not just a, it, it's a, it's looking intently at Jesus and looking constantly and carefully at Jesus. My favorite part of missions at Timberline Church in the three years that I've been here is that God has connected me with a team of people. I've never met a team of people that are more committed to looking intently at the face of God. And it, it's, it, 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 the strategy is not to charge out and to do as many good things as we can do, but to begin by staring into the face of God. They've taught me more about prayer and waiting on God than I've ever learned in my entire life. And I want you to know that missions begins at Timberline Church on our knees. And that should matter. It matters to me. Because we ask you to partner with us, to invest financially with your time, talent, treasure, with your time and that kind of thing. I want you to know that God leads this team. And, and that is where for you and for as a church, we should begin in terms of understanding. And so I'm, we're gonna, in a minute, we're gonna ask the Guatemala team to come and we're gonna pray over them. We got a team going out this week and I love your willingness just to extend your hand and pray over them so we can send them out as a part of, 
of, of our church. Um, but before we do, I just want to pray with you. And I'd ask you to, to, to pray with me. And, and, and I know that God chooses weekends like this when we begin to really talk about his plan and, and his invitation. God prompts our hearts in different ways. And there, some of them are ways, there's, there's a hundred ways out in the mall that you could accept that invitation in a very structured way. We'd love for you to do that. But there's also ways that God as a part of his plan is just prompting your heart. Maybe it's a neighbor that, that he's, he's calling you to, to reach and to be more intentional about. Maybe, maybe it's your own life. Maybe, maybe God, is, maybe God is, 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 is prompting you to surrender in, in a new way in your life. But I want to pray with you before the team comes up. God, thank you for your plan. Thank you for the confidence that we have, Lord God, in, in your plan, the invitation that you've given us, the power that you offer to us. And I pray for each and every person here, Lord God, in their heart and their mind today, that you would speak by your Holy Spirit to them, God, that you would speak your truth to them. And God, that you would give them the strength and the ability, God, to, to, to follow you, to look squarely into your face and to dwell in your presence and in, in your face in such a way, God, that they can tap into your plan for them. And I pray for surrender and obedience to your will. And we thank you and we praise you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm gonna pray for our Guatemala team and, and I've invited uh, our missionary Ron Bueno from El Salvador uh, in Lasse and Chris Oakley who we talked about a little bit more in Central Europe. Ron's gonna pray in Spanish. This is your Spanish lesson before you go. <laughs> And Chris is going to pray in English. Would you join with us? Querido Padre Celestial, te damos gracias por esta mañana. Te damos gracias por tu corazón por Guatemala. Y Señor, de una forma especial te dedicamos a estos jóvenes, a ti para que tú los uses. Te damos gracias por proveerles los recursos y toda la preparación para ir. Pero ahora prepara sus corazones para ver y sentir como tú sientes por las personas de Guatemala. Úsalos. Prepáralos, guárdalos, Señor, para tu honra y tu gloria. Tu santo nombre pedimos todo. Amén. Amén. Father, we thank you so much for these who are willing to go and to serve others. God, we pray that you would bless them for their sacrifice. We pray that you would go before them. God, then you would make a way, Father, even as they leave here and go through airports and travel on planes. We pray that you would keep them safe in every travel, everywhere they go, everything they do. God, we pray that you would anoint them, that you would fill them with your spirit, Father, that you would prepare them for the work that you have waiting for them there. We pray that you would do great things, give them divine appointments. We pray that greater things would happen than they ever dreamed or imagined. And God, we pray you'd be with their families and those they leave back home. We pray that things would be peaceful for them, that they would be able to concentrate on the work that you have for them there. And we just thank you, God, for everything that you're going to do through these guys. We pray, God, that you would change them and work in their hearts and lives, that they would return different than when they left. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Let's let this team know you love them, would you? Just an appreciate. We love you guys. We're for you. We're excited. Really fun. Thank you. I want our prayer team to come and be available to pray with any of you for any need you might have. Lots of tables out there, ways to get connected, lots of opportunities. You guys, let's continue to be a church that somehow within our vision, within what we see, we see the world and we see the needs right around us in northern Colorado, as far as the greatest distance away, that we can go there and touch people and make a difference. Thank you for caring. 
For those of you coming to the banquet, we have a great night ahead at 6 o'clock. Don't miss it. And God bless you. Remember, the service starts now. Go make a difference. Have a fun weekend. God bless.